Hey all, RJ here. While recording this Bloodvarn arc of the campaign, we utilized maps of the city given to us by Harrison for reference. If you'd like to see the map for yourself while listening to the next few episodes, you can find a link to it in the episode descriptions. I'll be back in a bit for the mid-episode break, but for now, let's get on with The Return of Ornon, episode 24. Previously, on Realms and Nerds, The Return of Ornon. A small compartment that's been cleverly sewn into the side of the bag opens, and a tiny uh, little velvet bag falls out. Inside is a monocle with a golden rim to it and a gold chain with a small jewel embedded into the side of it. The the, the monocle of the Tidu! And uh, Siba's going to look through it. And as he does, he turns into a shadow. You find Ramash's brain. You put it all together, put the top of his head back on, smack him with this healing touch, and Ramash opens his eyes. He has no memories before that point. This might be where to put the teleport thing down. As Sibo throws it to the ground and crushes it underneath his heel, suddenly a portal appears. You, you catch a glimpse of Sage, and she is uh, over by some of the soldiers. All right, later, losers. I'm going with the sneaky boys. You cannot hope to assault the city with the forces you have brought. Ramash would like to throw a flame at this guy's face. This firebolt shoots out, and he is obliterated. Uh, however, as soon as you do so, the 20 soldiers that were arrayed behind him are now charging you. So you now stand on this battlefield surveying this small company that you have now defeated, and you hear marching footsteps as uh, some sort of large-scale force marches through the city to come oppose you. off last time, you had just uh, defeated this small group of soldiers after Ramash went a little crazy and decided to smoke their leader. And then, uh, as you finished up, you now hear the stomp of hundreds, maybe even thousands of boots approaching uh, from somewhere inside the city. Well, I'd say we got their attention. Let's see if we can keep it that way. Sibo wants to run back to camp. <laughs> They had his attention. Now they have his interest. <laughs> um, I'm going to look and start searching about... Well, there's nobody near me, is there? We're, we're um, here, aren't we, on the map? Up we're on the, the north side, yeah. yeah. What do you mean near you? Like enemies, allies? Kind of like the ground and area surrounding me. Just if there's anywhere that I might possibly be able to be out of sight. Or he wants to hide not necessarily, it's just be, like, concealed. So, yes, hide. Okay. Um, I guess do a, uh, do a stealth check. Okay. In the meantime, um, I'm going to have to do this. I need 
That is a critical hey, fail. Hey, Ramash, you're going to have to talk at least close to the mic. Or at least point your mouth towards it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, no, um, maybe not I'm, quite I'm that gonna, close. Anyway. No, um, Ramash is going to um, cast Cure Wounds as a second level spell to heal himself. He is not looking good. Well, whose fault is that, Ramash? The soldier that stabbed him. That's a 16. Okay. Your spell works even better than you intended, and you heal for double the amount that you would have otherwise. Okay, let me roll for health. Okay, I get 32 HP back. Baller. Yeah. Pretty good. That's pretty good. Hey! Hey, that's pretty good! I got 40. I got 5 away from my max. Okay. Great. So, uh, going back to Mikhail, what did you roll on your stealth check? Uh, That would be a critical fail. Alright. He starts performing a dance number. (laughs) Mikhail, uh,. There was a... Alarm clocks just start falling out of my pockets. <laughs> there was um, some sort of uh, maybe like squatters camps or something like that outside of the city that were hastily abandoned when you approached. And uh, from where you were standing, you accidentally knocked a tent over into the fire and it caught a blaze. And now everyone that is within eyesight knows where you are. Well then... Can I begin rummaging through the tent that I wore where it was that I had knocked over? Uh, sure. I guess you can take a peek if you'd like to. Alright. Trying to just make it look natural. Okay. <laughs> um, I actually want you to do a performance check for me. Since you're just doing this to save face, I want to see if people believe it. That's a 15. Okay. They think you look like a little bit of a dumbass, but they more or less believe that you were in there looting and accidentally knocked the tent over. Look like an ass to save my ass. <laughs> there you go. That's how it works. Okay. So, uh, so this stomping of boots is getting increasingly louder, and you can see much more movement on the wall of the city. Can I do a perception check of the wall real quick? Okay. Make a decision of what we're doing. That's a 13. There are a lot of drows with a lot of pointy things on this wall. <laughs> All right, guys. There's a there's a lot of drows with a bunch of pointy things kind of facing our way. I I think we should get out of here before the boots make it our way. A lot of drow with a lot of pointy things. Wow, aren't you Captain Obvious? Well, I mean, I I didn't do so well on my perception, so. <laughs> hey, uh, so Sebo started running back to camp. Okay. Uh, like a while ago. <laughs> yeah, you 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 booked it. I think you didn't have very far to go. Uh, you're definitely back there by now. Okay, who's still there? Everyone. The only people that are currently absent, as far as you can tell, is Sage, Joshimi, and the group that Sage had with her. Everybody else was holding position. Well, uh, Michael went up with you guys to. Supposedly talk, I guess, ended up killing this contingent. Brandon's trying to come bring me into Ow. the game. <laughs> can see from where she was at, can he see the eastern seven gate? Or like this area down um, here? You can see where the buildings are. You're not going to be able to see the gate itself just because of, you know the buildings would be blocking it. But you can see probably some of the buildings are sticking out from All where right. you are. So she was going to look. Over there, and it's gonna pull out the monocle of Latudu. Okay. 
gonna look through the looking glass. And he's going to race himself over to like the building he can see. Okay. Um, since it's been like forever, you wanna give us a quick recap on what your monocle does exactly? Sure, sure, sure. Upon use, the holder is transformed into a shadow. In this form, the holder no longer physically exists on the normal plane. Instead, the wielder is seen as nothing more than a shadow, as they are now in a different plane. In this form, the wielder is given the ability of the shadow, but cannot interact with the outside world. The wielder is able to teleport to a location seen through the looking glass while in shadow form, or as their first move into shadow form. Although the wielder cannot interact <laughs> with the world while in shadow, they can make a single attack, after which they are returned to real form. Alright. And then the shadow is a monster. You can look him up if you want to know yeah. what the shadow do. <laughs> the shadow! Did we ever Does set... the shadow now? <laughs> I'm a shadow. Yeah. Did, did we ever set a uh, a time limit on that? Uh, no. You never talked to me. Okay. That seems kind of also, broken. you still never told me the... Like, kind of like... Yeah. Yeah. Um... I think what we said for use was once per day, pretty sure. Once per day? Yeah. Okay. Or after a... Once per long rest. Like, long rest. Um, like, every day or after a long rest. Yeah, just once per day. Okay. Which, I mean, I, since we don't keep track of exact 24-hour <laughs> periods, we'll just kind of go off of... I guess, I guess my, my discretion. <laughs> but... Yeah. I wield the power... But well, I mean, I'll I'll be more or less fair about it. If you can make a good case that it's been at least a full day since the last time you used it, okay. Um, and as far <laughs> as far as uh, use goes, we'll say um, we'll say no more than an hour, I guess. Okay. So you can use it for an hour. Okay. All right. So you have uh, you've now wraithed over or shadowed over, I guess, to the. Northeastern gate. What are you doing now that you're over here? I'd like to do a perception check to um, see if I can make out uh, if a group has traveled through here or have traveled into the city. Uh, okay. You know I mean? Are you just standing right on the edge of the buildings or are you walking through the buildings like to get to where you can see the gate itself? I'm going to walk like a little bit. You know what I'm saying, like because right, right, where right. you would first come in, you wouldn't be able to see the the road. You would have to, right? Well, I'm gonna kind of like move up to like right here. I know that the listeners have no idea what I'm saying, but like right about here, you know, so like you can see like the road and kind of this area, like if they right this way, you know. Okay, so you won't actually be able to see the gate itself then, but you'll mm. be able to see the road, right? Okay, so go ahead. No. Okay. Um, this road has been used uh, with a fair amount of regularity. You cannot tell if it was used very recently or if it has been a little bit. Okay. Then he's going to make his way towards the gate. Okay. So you're just walking towards the gate? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So what's, uh, what's, I guess, the three of you that are still back with the main group now? What are you guys doing? Well, Ramash kind of wants to go back and get away from this gate because clearly they've got the attention of a couple hundred soldiers and they're probably not going to win a fight with these guys. So okay. Ramash is going to start making his way back to the main group of 
soldiers we have. Brunhilde is um, is making sure that everybody is away before she decides to turn tail. She wants to make sure that everybody's taken care of and that everybody's behind her before she decides that she's going to start moving back towards the camp. Okay. Yeah, I think um, Michael and his two personal, uh, I guess not really guards, but we'll call them the vanguard. How about that? His personal vanguard soldiers have already started back as well. They're going to go, you know, discuss the new developments with the troops. So uh, the only other person would be Mikhail. I don't know what he's up to. Mikhail's been planning a way to get inside the city, and he thinks he has a bright idea, which might also be a dumb idea. Yeah, that's the best kind. We're going to lose another character. (laughs) Okay, uh, so what is Mikhail doing? As the rest of his companions seem to be getting the heck out of Dodge, he sees the pile of dead bodies that they're leaving behind them on the field, and he begins dragging them into a pile and stands upon it. Okay. Brunhilde, you definitely see him doing this. Are you fucking daft? Are you daft, boy? I intend to see the inside of this. I intend to claim responsibility for this failed contingency, if you will. You're gonna be doing it in a body bag. Get your ass back to the camp. To do what? Plan. With? Michael. And the rest of- and the- and the lot of us. The lot of us being a dragon who has had his head removed and brain taken out. Or a dwarf that is afraid to charge into battle until it is already upon her. There's a difference between knowing on to retreat and being a fucking imbecile, you freaking weapon. Two of our companions will have entered the city by now. I feel that we are yet left behind, unless you seek a- another door along the outside of the wall. But they're sneaky boys! I love they to- can handle this! You have to admit, you want to see the inside give- of that city. Give me half a second. Give me half a second. She gets down on her knees, and she looks at the sky and she says, You better keep me safe, you nutter. And uh, she runs on the pile of bodies. <laughs> With him. (laughs) If we die, I'm coming back from the dead, and I'm killing you again. I'm raising us both up, and I'm killing you myself. So I'm kind of curious, like, can I do a perception check to see if there's any way that we could have possibly missed as far as, like, hidden doors? A lot of old keeps and castles do have, like, secret entrances and exits along the outside. The only way that you're conceivably going to be able to investigate this is if you run over to the wall. Okay. Because something like that would not be apparent from how far away you are. Okay. So if you if you would like to do that, you are welcome to. I'm just telling you that's where you're going to have to so, position yourself to so do that. So the wall is okay. made out of stone, right? Yes, the walls are stone. So, so I take it we're approaching the wall first. What could I... Use my dwarven uh, stonecraft vision junk to look at the wall and tell if like structural weaknesses, structural weaknesses, maybe a hidden door, 
something like that that we could get in through? Uh, again, you are going to have to approach the wall. Oh, fiddlesticks. Okay. You are like the the equivalent of four-ish city blocks away from the wall right now. And there's like a small encampment or village that we're going through. You are, so if you're looking at your maps, you guys are on the north and you're basically right at the edge of where the buildings are, right? So each one of those blocks that you see on the map is like a city block, more or less. I mean, obviously some are bigger blocks than others just due to the construction of the city. So you are a ways away from the wall. That's the only reason you guys aren't full of arrows right now is because you're outside of the range. You're out of the range of the archers. So this is not like something where you guys are within easy sight lines of the wall. Okay. So can we more or less approach under difficult to detect circumstances in a small party of say one or two people? Yeah, I mean you're you yes, you are definitely welcome to try and approach the wall. It it is what it is. If that's what what you would like to do, you you may very well do that. But there are a lot of people up on the wall, and they all know you're out here because you just fought with like twenty people. Right. So stealth is really out of the question at this point. Plus, you got like a dwarf with full plate yes, running towards the wall. And I also should mention that the footsteps have gotten very very loud. They're probably approaching the gate from the inside at this point. Do they sound like jackboots? Like, <laughs> yes, these sound like these sound well. These sound like armored up soldiers. It's and it's like fast. This is like a a martial jog. They are coming in quick. So, in these uh, blocks leading up to the walls, yeah, like I said, are there encampments or is it just kind of like set up as defenses? Think of it sort of as, like, the beginnings of the city, like, starting to spill out of the walls. Okay. So there is a mix in here of housing and shops and things like that. Okay. I'm following your lead. Yeah. I'm just... We're already here. Yeah. We yeah. might as well go towards <laughs> this. <laughs> <my Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> just go with your original plan. Yeah, that was the plan. Get captured. Okay, so you just, like, standing up on this mound of bodies then? Yeah, and claiming full responsibility. Okay. We're gonna die. (laughs) We're gonna fucking die. Yeah. So, do you have any other plan than just stand in there and uh, letting them take us? I'm going to appeal to them. Are you daft, man? (laughs) They're gonna kill you. And with that, you hear the gate to the city slam open, and the footsteps approach rapidly, and you see a large number of soldiers begin running down the road and quickly surrounding you with uh, spears leveled. And this group just keeps growing and growing, and they're coming in so quickly you're not able to count them exactly, but we're looking at easily over 500 drow here that have arrayed themselves in a semicircle. Alright. Mikhail has laid all of his weapons down at his own feet and he stands there and says my fellow brethren drow a companion of mine initiated a duel of combat 
took out a commander in a single brief glorious moment, and I had only the choice to come to his aid. I claim responsibility for these actions. However, I appeal to you in a high sense of honor in court to carry out proceedings in a fair manner and with the highest of honors. I have only one request, that I may speak to your town leader. One of the drows who's dressed in slightly nicer armor and wields a heavy two-handed sword uh, appears to be some sort of a captain, yells out to you, You are assaulting our city. You have no rights here. Submit yourself as our prisoner or die now. My arms are already laid about my feet. He motions and a group of about 30 soldiers break towards you and um, two of them produce shackles. She sighs and she sets down her hammer and looks over at him and grunts and puts her arms behind her head. Okay, you are shackled. A few of the soldiers collect your gear. And uh, they lead you down off the mound, and as they're about to rejoin the main group, you hear a loud screeching roar as the dragon you've seen circling lands between uh, you and the group of the rest of soldiers that were arrayed there. And it stands there, it rears up on its hind legs, slamming down to the ground. You feel the earth shake as you truly realize how much bigger this dragon is. Now that you get a good look at him, he appears to be three, maybe even four times bigger than the dragon that you fought previously. And off of his back, a small figure drops off, a figure with three horns, and walks slowly over to you, stopping about ten feet away, looks you up and down slowly, and then simply says... Welcome to Bloodvarin. And then he turns around and remounts his dragon and flies away. You are led into the city through several twists and turns until you are taken to a holding cell where you are thrown in and locked behind a secure door. Uh, Ramash, you just saw two of your friends do a suicide stand, essentially, and be taken away. Yeah, I'm... I'm a... I'm a dragonborn of a broken brain, but, uh... At least I know it was too stupid to stay back and get caught by that guy. Holy crap, that's a big dragon. Hey, hey, Michael. Where... Where's Joshmi? Where's... Where's Sibo? Where'd they go? I do not know where Sibo is. Joshmi threw in his lot with Sage. They have gone on a secret mission that, if successful, should cripple the city. Ooh. Cool. Where are, where, where, where are we gonna do? Well, my friend, I will lead the vanguard. You shall take a contingent of troops to the west gate and assault there. Oh, hell yeah. Let's do this. Michael turns and quickly addresses some of his other commanders that he has with him. They all kind of huddle up real quick. And uh, then three of these guys that are dressed in similar armor to uh, Michael break off and uh, come to stand behind you. And their troops uh, that are under their command begin to position themselves with you as well. 
Now, my friends, to free ourselves from this evil city. To war! Huzzah! And with that, Michael uh, begins striding back towards the north gate. All right, boys, let's do this. And Ramash starts marching his way toward the west gate, which I assume is over here. Yes, the west? that would be the west gate. The only one that's on the west side of the city. This is... Never mind. Poor Ramash had the... Ramash's berries are, are, are not doing so well. He had the follow-up freaking Michael's war cry. And if I were with his contingent, I'd be pretty disappointed. Joshimi's fingers ache and wind whips across his body as he hangs on for dear life about three-fourths of the way up the wall of the keep. <laughs> you know, dwarves are really meant for climbing. Just up ahead of him, Sage looks back and whispers, You said that you wanted to come on the stealth mission. This is the stealth mission. Now shh. Sage, Joshimi, and the rest of Sage's strike force have snuck past the western gate and come all the way over to the wall that surrounds the castle. They are now most of the way up, and uh, it has gotten increasingly windy. The walls of the keep are much higher than the walls of the rest of the castle, so they are uh, they're really getting up there. Joshimi. How about the, how about a uh, uh, athletics check for me here, bud? Twelve. Joshimi uh, makes a grab for what looks like a good handhold, and turns out that the stone there is a little bit too weathered and uh, has grown smooth over time, and his hand slips off. And uh, he falls a few feet. Fortunately, the people above him are able to brace themselves and catch him, but he slams against the wall, and he's going to take four points of bludgeoning damage. Solid. Like his body. <laughs> and uh, from up above you, uh, after bracing themselves, the uh, the rest of the strike team continue climbing. Sage looks down at you and just gives you a glare. He blushes and then looks away. Okay, but you are able to uh, to climb the rest of the way up, and now you are on the top of the wall of the keep. Easy, easy workout. Am I right? Again, Sage just glares at you and puts her finger up to her lips. And then um, you begin to sneak off towards... Uh, there's a guard tower up ahead, and you, hopefully you can uh, slip down some stairs there. Sibo, uh, what are you doing? Okay, um, so Seabo was going to take this, like, there's a small gap between the wall and the building. Oh, you're just talking about kind of, like, the... Right, I, I guess I should ask, has he already made it inside the keep, inside the walls, or to the gate? Uh, you are, so if you're going inside, um, I'm going to need you to do a stealth check. Since you are a shadow and you still technically can be seen to some extent... I just need you to do a stealth check to make sure you can get past the guards that are watching the gate here. Okay. 21 plus 23. 25. 25? Okay. You didn't sound really sure about that. Well, I had to do that. Someone said 21 plus 23. I was like, damn. God. 25, (laughs) yes. 25 is more than sufficient. You slip inside the walls of the city, and um, there's enough 
commotion with just people trying to evacuate further into the city to get away from these walls that I think that you can uh, slip in with little to no real issue. Okay. Once inside, Sibo would like to if, well, I guess he'd like to look for a building that would be tall, the tallest building around him, possibly even taller than the walls. If there are any. Okay. So the area you came in is a slum. Okay. So there's not going to be a lot of tall buildings in that area. Okay. If you want to move over to one of the, uh, either, like, one of the craftsman districts that are on either side of it, you might be able to find a building that is taller, but probably not taller than the wall. Okay. Then Sibo's going to make his way up on top of the wall. Okay. I, uh, I will need you to do another stealth check to get up onto the wall, because there's going to be guards pretty much by every staircase. Uh, 15? Okay. I think with a 15, you can get yourself up on the wall. However, you end up in a situation where there are guards all around you. So you're now on top of the wall, but you cannot walk further up or down the wall. You're just stuck right where you are. Okay. So we'll say, so um, which way were you wanting to go? Did you want to go farther north or farther, like, south? Uh, well, did he get, did he get um, up, like... Uh, is there, like, a guard post right here by the gate? So, like, all the staircases and stuff yeah. are going to be where the little triangles are sticking out. Okay. But or, I, or right by the gate okay. there. So he went up by the gate. Okay. Um, so you are, like, right next to one of those towers there. Yeah. But unless you find some sort of a workaround, you're going to be stuck okay. there. Well, he was going to try and teleport and put in further into the city. Okay. So picking a location close to the temple court kind of area by like the uh, like the market area. Okay. So like a higher vantage point if there's something over there. Okay. Yeah, I think that um you can see to um that zone six right there, right in front of the temple. Okay. There are several tall buildings there that appear fairly ornate. Yeah, that's like the rich person district, right? Yeah. Alright, so Sibo, as the shadow, is going to pull the monocle up to his eye and look for uh, a tall building over in the Patriciate, yeah, Patriciate region. Okay, so you go ahead and do that, and um, I think that actually some of the guards like almost feel a shadow when they look around, but you're already gone at that point. Brunhilda and Mikhail, you have been led out of the holding cell. You were into a different building where you have been secured to sturdy metal chairs, uh, and a burly guard has come in and is questioning you with a stout club if he doesn't like the answers. So it's all the usual questions, you know, why are you here? How many troops did you bring with you? Uh, where are your commanders stationed? All that stuff. So, uh... Do you guys have anything to tell him, or... I'm telling him that I came into this alone, and that, um... That's pretty much it. Name, rank, and serial number. I came into this alone. But, you uh, say with someone right next to you also being questioned. <laughs> I tell him that uh, anything I have to say, I'll say to his superiors. Okay. Yeah, so, needless to say, 
she's spitting both sexual innuendos at him, mixed with swear words, mixed with uh, saliva. So the one, so, one. Ooh, saliva. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you guys are being pretty defiant. You're gonna take both take six points of bludgeoning damage <laughs> as you really get worked over here. Well, hello there. I'm Brian Wayne, host of the Cheers to Comics podcast, and I'm here to bring you the ultimate comic book podcast for readers and lovers and collectors of all levels. Whether you're trying to get caught up on last week's books or you're just looking to check out the latest interview with the latest creator, this is the podcast for you. So if you're looking for a comic book show that doesn't stray away from the topic and you're looking to get an insight from a true fan and lover of this industry, then tune into the Cheers to Comics podcast three times a week as I, Brian Wayne, raise a glass to this wonderful, wonderful industry that is comics. Cheers. What's up, all you wonderful listeners? RJ here, hoping you've all had a wonderful holiday season and that you all have a great 2021. My holiday season was a little different than before, but overall, it was just as wonderful as ever. My biggest regret was that we were unable to get you all another Hearthfire special, but everybody here at Realms and Nerds' schedules were just so hectic the past couple of months that we just weren't able to get one recorded. Hopefully this coming year we can bring that special back. You may have remembered me mentioning before about our podcast's Twitch channel. I used to do live streams there of myself working on new episodes of the podcast, but I decided to quit doing those streams several months ago. However, we recently started doing listening parties for the podcast every Tuesday night at 8pm Eastern Standard Time. For these streams, each week we play one episode of the show by order of release, and myself and sometimes one or more of the other hosts will be hanging out in the stream chat to talk with you guys. At the time of recording this, we're actually two weeks out from listening to the first episode proper of this campaign, The Return of Vornon. Uh, next week's Listen Party is the finale of the four-part prelude for the Return of Vornon campaign. We would love to have you join us. The Twitch channel is also used for video game streams when myself and one or more of the other co-hosts are playing a video game together, such as Apex Legends or Destiny 2. If you're interested in video game streams, you can also find me on my personal Twitch channel, RedSun55, streaming video games such as the ones I've previously mentioned, as well as Minecraft, Overwatch, Kingdom Hearts, different Nintendo video games, and more. At the time of recording, my stream schedule is Sundays at 1pm, Wednesdays at 10pm, and Saturdays at 10pm, all Eastern Standard Time. I'd love to see you there, and you can find links for both our podcast Twitch as well as my personal Twitch channel in the episode description. You can also join our Discord group for fans of all our homebrew entertainment projects, including this podcast and my Twitch streams, which will let you know when new episodes of our podcasts go up and when we go live on Twitch. All the links can be found in the episode description. Speaking of social media platforms, if you're on social media, go ahead and give us a follow or like or whatever it is for that particular platform. You can find links to all of our social medias in, you guessed it, the episode description. 
Also, when making posts about the show on social media, don't forget to use the official hashtag RealmsNerds, written as one word with no dashes, periods, underscores, nothing like that. R-E-A-L-M-S-N-E-R-D-S. If you know anyone that you think would be into our podcast, go ahead and send them a link to it. There's a handy link in the episode description that offers several links to different popular podcast services. So even if you listen to podcasts on, say, Spotify, and they listen on Apple, you can send them the link and they can subscribe to it uh, on their podcast app of choice. Also, if you have any ideas for things that you might like to see as bonuses for a Patreon or for merchandise in an online store, please let us know. We're still trying to figure out both of those and would love to hear ideas from you guys on what kind of things you would like uh, as rewards or things you can buy. Don't forget to check out the other podcasts you've heard promo during this commercial break. You can find links for those in the episode description. And, as always, thank you once again for listening, and for another great year of making this podcast for you all. We really, really appreciate you and are looking forward to providing you with more content in 2021. Thank you also to our good friend Kyle for composing our show's main theme. Remember to take care of yourselves, everyone. I hope you have a great new year, and I'll talk to you again when we release Episode 5 of the Vasanoka Adventures. But for now, let's get to the second half of The Return of Ornon, episode 24. What's that crap? Listen to some real entertainment. Broadcasting loud and clear from the first state of the Union, the land of the three counties. I'm J-Man, and this is... J360 Radio! Broadcasting live via Spreaker.com slash J360Radio from Tuesdays to Friday at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Adjust for time. I'll see you there. Let's jump back over to Josh and me. You've crept along the wall with Sage. You guys have somehow managed to avoid all of the guards patrolling, just because Sage is good like that. And uh, now find yourself right next to the edge of the castle here. So we're like on we're on the back part of the castle where the wall comes really close to it. Yeah. Okay. So um, Sage gets really close and whispers right into your ear. You have some experience with tunneling, do you not? Uh. Kinda not. I mean, I just do more general thieving. But you're you're a dwarf, aren't you? I mean, I've done my fair share of tunneling. I mean, I'm, I'm. Yes, I can tunnel. She produces a digging slash crowbar kind of tool, and mm-hmm. um, with a little bit of effort, pops one of the cobblestones off of the ground, and then a few more, revealing that. Underneath there is some wood, which she, uh, as, you know, as quietly as she can, uh, smashes through, and you see that there is something of a collapsed tunnel underneath. She hands you the tool and says, Follow this tunnel. When you get to the end, you'll know what to do. He kind of gives her a little salute and then starts digging away. Okay. As you, uh, drop down into the hole... They uh, replace the cobblestones over the top of you, and you are inside. 
And we're going to jump over to Ramash. Ramash, what are you doing with your squad of soldiers? We're going to Western western Gate, obviously. All right. That's the intention. So you have a relatively smaller contingent of soldiers. Like I said, three commanders came with you, and each one of them had 200 men under his command. Okay. So you have a total of uh, 600 troops, plus the three commanders and yourself. All right. And um, how how are you going to array your forces? That's an excellent question, sir. Uh, are there? Do we hear as much as many soldiers rushing to us as the other gate, or not quite as many? That we um, can figure why don't you do at? a perception check for me? Probably a good idea. That's an unnatural twenty. Okay. Yeah, you can tell that Michael has already committed his soldiers to the fight on the other side. You hear a lot of yelling and, you know, the clanging of steel coming from over in that other gate. Um, can we tell if the, can I see if the gates closed or open in front of us? Yeah, have you, I mean, have you moved up to, like, the roadway there? Yeah, we're, we're, I'd say by now we probably would have positioned ourselves in front of the roadway so we can at least see what we're trying to accomplish. Okay, here. so the gate is currently closed. You can see there's a fair amount of troops on the wall, but I think with a 20, uh, you notice that there appears to be slightly less people on this gate than there were uh, on the northern gate. Do we have any kind of siege equipment with us or no? No, you have some archers that are mixed into the ranks of the troops that you have, but just because of, you know, the fact that they came through a portal, there was a limited amount of troops that they could, you know, bring with them. God, I don't know how I want to do this. I kind of want to draw them out, because assaulting it would probably be suicide. How tall are these buildings that are next to the wall? I would say that most of the buildings are about half as tall as the wall. So you're by a craftsman area, well, the on the outside yeah, is by I'm, the gate I'm, area. Yeah, I know, outside but like on the other side of the wall. Area, yeah. You could take the whole route of Achilles at Troy, where he took the captain of the, the fallen guard outside the city and just dragged him around on a horse outside until someone came out. <laughs> <laughs> is there anyone outside that we have to face? Any soldiers? No, I mean, as far as you can tell, everybody has pulled back inside the walls of the city. All right, so he's going to turn to his... um. The officers are with him. All right, boys. You have any suggestions as to how to approach this particular situation? Well, sir, we could form our ranks, get a tight line with the shields, and hopefully block most of the incoming fire as we get there. That's kind of what I was thinking. Are you thinking just straight line down the road? Turtle it up? I mean, that seems like the best option. We could deploy some archers into the buildings if you'd like. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. All right. Get your archers on the rooftop. See if they can't handle some of the archers on the wall while we make our way down the road. Okay. So about uh, about a third of the troops are archers. So they pull off and they uh, get up onto the walls here. All right. They all like up onto the roofs of the buildings yeah. and stuff. So they're positioned and waiting for your command. Raj double checks, make sure everyone's positioned where they are. And he's like, all right, boys, move out. All right. So are you getting inside the turtle or are you standing? Oh, in the I'm, I'm like. There's going to be guys in the very front with their shields like this, or Bosch is going to be right behind them at their shoulders. Okay. He's got his own shield up in the turtle, too. Okay, cool. So you guys uh, you guys have formed up into this 
turtle group, and you are marching your way down the road. All right, we're going. Sibo, what are you up to? Um, so Sibo uh, just teleported into the the wealth district. Um, I'd like to roll perception check see what I can learn about the temple in front of me. Okay. Okay, 17. You can see that this temple is absolutely massive. The Even the limited map that you saw didn't really do it justice. As far as you can tell, this thing is the size of somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, 6 to 10 city blocks. You're not really sure just because you can't even see the whole thing. From where you are, there's two parts of the temple that jut out a little bit, and uh, each of these are supported by these huge columns of stone, which are also arrayed across the front, uh, making just this real grand entranceway. Mm -hmm. You also can notice that on pretty much... Every sight line that the building has to other roads, there are heavily fortified defensive positions set up on top of the temple. Yeah, what's the roof look like? Um, the roof is, as far as you can tell, because actually, um, the temple is even a little bit taller than the building that you're currently on. Uh-huh. As far as you can tell, the roof must be more or less flat because you see a lot of soldiers up on top. Like, you know, some of these defensive positions are set into the building and others are actually on the roof. All right. So you have to assume that there's more or less a level surface. So you're telling me there's, like, kind of, like, guard posts that, like, it's like you just walk out and you're on the side of the building? Yeah, so some of them are set up. Like a balcony almost. Yes, yeah, yeah, like a... like a balcony, okay, and other, and then there appears to be some sort of other setup on the roof. How many people are positioned in the balconies? Are they smaller? Or are they like big contingencies of troops? They're, I mean, they're fairly big. Uh, you, I, I guess you reckon you can't tell exactly how many people are in each area, but you reckon that you could probably comfortably stand ten to fifteen archers on there, and they would all be able to shoot no problem. So, fairly large positions in terms of, like, what a guard post is. Are there any open windows? I think that you can see that, obviously, there's these guard areas that are open. Other than that, there are some windows, but none of them that you can see at least appear to be open. Okay. Or at least if they are, you don't really have, like, an angle where you could get inside. Again, you're looking mostly at the front of the building, which is the entranceway. So there's not really a ton of windows to begin with on that side. Alright. Sibo's going to... And also, I'm going to say you're probably about 30 minutes into your ray thing at this point. Okay. Sibo's going to look... Can you see the roof from here? You cannot see the roof itself. You can see the edge of the roof if you wanted to try and do some sort of an acrobatic thing here, but that's going to be pretty difficult. Sibo is going to look through the monocle and teleport out to one of these balconies. Whichever one you can see that has the least amount of people. Okay, so 
Uh, we'll say, just going with your perception check from before, we'll say that the eastern balcony appears to have slightly less troops. Okay, and that, that'd be like right back here. Uh, no, it's the one that you're looking at is on this part that juts out. Oh, okay, okay. Got it. There's, think of it as, um... And that connects into the building? Yes. Okay. These parts, these parts that jut out were the, the balconies, cause you know, you can see that these two different balconies. Think of it almost like they're positioned to cover against people that would attack that front gate area. Okay. Okay, so you're teleporting in there? Okay, I need you to do another stealth check. Cause there are a lot of guys. Ooh, I like that. That is going to be a 24. Okay, yeah, with a 24, you, uh, land, actually I think you do a really good job of teleporting in, and you kind of carry yourself a step or two past, like, the entrance into the building, so you kind of quickly just pass through where all of the guards are stationed here on this balcony. Alright, I mean, he's gonna look for just, like, a doorway or something, like a divot in the wall and just kind of talk into that. Okay. Um... Close. Yeah, you know, I won't even make you roll for this. I think that just up the hall you see kind of like an alcove. Okay. So you're gonna make for that? Yeah, just kind of duck in there. Okay, so you duck in there and, um, there isn't anybody and you see that this looks like like a little study area. It's got uh like a big table and a couple long benches at this table and there are actually a few looks like religious tomes perhaps that are just open on the table. Okay. Um can see actually walk in there real quick and see if um the book like the books you can see out if any of them might have anything to do with um Ornan or the dark magic, something like that. Okay. Go ahead and do a, uh... We'll do an investigation, I guess, since you're trying to... Investigate. ...discern what these books are. Uh, 17. Okay. You cannot read these books. They are in a language that you don't know. However, there are a few words that you catch that I think you recognize just from the spells that you've heard other magicians utter, and you just come to the general assumption that whatever these books are, they definitely have something to do with magic, but you... It, it could be whatever, you know. You have really no idea. could be farming magic. <laughs> <laughs> this okay. one will make your crops grow. <laughs> hiddly high, hiddly <laughs> You know, it ain't much, but it's honest work. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, well then, so you can move on, I'll say Sibo's gonna make his way stealthily further down this, the part that juts out and into, like, the main temple All right. area. Sibo be creeping. Sibo be creeping. Sibo right. going to the heart of the beast. I had a question about the holding cells. Are those located near the barracks? Well, don't you They're don't know right where there. you are right now. Because you were, you, you, you were let in... Under a uh, pretty heavy guard. Under heavy guard does not mean blindfolded. And no. I have already seen maps to this city, as was previously stated. Do yes. we have sacks? Did we have sacks over our heads? No. I, okay. Okay. I'll give you this. You don't know exactly where you are because you are unfamiliar with all of the twists and turns of the city, and you were taken through a lot of them. You know that you are somewhere in the southern half 
of the city currently. So did does that mean that we passed the temple on our way through? You did not pass the temple. Okay. So we came from the north gate, did not pass the temple, but we are in the south half of the city. But that's easy to do. All of these little... Um, yeah, all the other side roads, it's easy yeah. to get through there. Because, as I said, but I'll reiterate, um, each one of the blocks is a city block. They're not individual buildings. Right. So, yeah, so there's all these side roads. So you were led somewhere to the south, but because they, I think that you actually got the sense that they were trying to avoid taking you through the middle, past the temple specifically. My apologies. I skewed deductive reasoning out loud. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so you, you know you're over there somewhere. Cool. Anyways, we're actually going to jump back to Mikhail and Brunhilde, mm. who are... Uh, taken from this interrogation area, and you were led through more of the city until you uh, realized that where you were being held must have been somewhere in the military area because you quickly come through the inner gate of the keep and are led uh, up the steps of the castle. Well, this doesn't look good. We're certainly a few steps ahead of our companions in the race to get to the keep. <laughs> hey, I I would enjoy that pun a little bit more if we weren't uh, being led up here in chains. Uh, let the blood loss get you delirious. It's fantastic. It's going according to plan, I hope. You hope? <laughs> you hope? <laughs> you hope? So you are led uh, through to uh, a giant hall that is uh, somewhere in the center of the castle, and uh, is fairly dimly lit. And at the end sits a fairly sizable stone throne with a small figure lounging in it. The throne is actually large enough that they're sitting kind of like sideways with one leg sort of draped over one of the arms of the chair. As you get a little bit closer, uh, you can discern this figure has long, jet-black hair that is hanging uh, down almost to the middle of her back. And uh, as you get a little bit closer, she doesn't seem to move, but you know, kind of turns her head up towards you a little bit and looks at you with interest. You were led until you were about 20 feet away from this throne where the guards roughly stop you, and one of them says, Kneel before the Queen Arlana. She looks around, and then she looks at Mikael, and then she rolls her eyes and takes a knee. The woman in the chair, who uh, you can now discern is also a drow elf, sits there and stares at you for a few seconds. Oh, lovely. It's been so long since we had visitors. My, uh, my friend Meliocles told me you would be coming. Uh, please, stand. Uh, dear Queen Arlana, we have no other business in your realm other than to seek you out for divine wisdom and teachings of your lost realm. <laughs> wisdom, is it? I don't see a whole lot of wisdom in bringing several thousand armed troops to my doorstep. 
You speak merely of the company that brought us here. I attended merely as one of my companions. I do not know of this civil war beneath the earth that is waging. Well, my scouts tell me something of a rift that was opened directly before the troops appeared. That wouldn't have been you, would it? Me directly? No. We would, uh, we would never have done anything so, uh, so, uh, so eat bad? Sir, your That's a good word? Sir, your dwarf companion is a terrible liar. Uh, she just has the sweats and, you know, Aunt Flo's in town, I suppose. Plus, the, the large gentleman in your, uh, in your prison gave me a good, uh, Work over. I do apologize for the rough treatment, but you know I do enjoy my meat tenderized. And uh, she smiles a big broad smile and you realize that all of her teeth are very sharp points. She looks over to Mikael and is like, oh her, head, her, <laughs> head, her head tilts unnaturally. Just Are my hands bound? Yes, you are still shackled. Well, it's been a long, long time since I tasted a surface dwarf. Mm. Yes, but unfortunately, she has quite the collection of STDs. STDs? Yes. STDs! Quite the list of uh, sexually transmitted diseases all throughout the blood. What are you talking befouls, about? Befouls meat. This one's not not quite up to You fucking heart. asshole! I'm, I'm not filled with anything! Then again, maybe she tastes better roasted on a spit, but I'm not one to, uh, you know, I'm not one to knock your taste. Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 um, um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm riddled. I'm riddled with disease. I'm riddled with lice and I parasites and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> Very bad. I Very kill. bad stuff. As I as I said before, your companion is a bad liar. Oh, believe me. I even had to kill her husband to save him the awful, horrible death that rotting <laughs> from her insides. Mm-hmm. Well, uh... You, and she, uh, she looks at me, Kyle. You are quite the funny one. I suppose perhaps I'll keep you around for a while. Yes, I've got quite a amount of blood on my hands. I'm much better as a warrior than a meal. Indeed. Well, we shall have to discuss that more in the future. As for you, then she licks her lips. I think I have other plans for you. She actually turns her back to both of you and just says, he may leave us. And uh, a couple of the guards grab Mikhail and drag him out. Ramash, your gate assault is fully underway at this right. point. Where would you say we're at by now? You have moved up through... So you see there's kind of that triangular block right there? Yeah. You've moved completely past that and are uh, about a third of the way up that second block. So you're getting pretty close. Can I see the gate by now? Like a oh, for detail. sure. Okay, what does it look like? How big is this thing? The gate is... Oh, you're probably getting about 30 feet tall. Um, are we talking a portcullis, or are we talking one that swings open? This uh, this is a gate that swings open. Ooh. There is a 
so- it is solid uh, wood, as far as you can tell. All right, Ramash, an- Ramash is getting ideas, thoughts, and ideas, baby. Thoughts of fire, right, guys. All right, get me as close to that wall as you can. I have an idea. Understood, sir. And uh, one of the commanders yells out, "Men, double time it!" And uh, they start going from a slow crawl to a little bit faster. And uh, you are taking some pretty significant fire from the walls at this point. You're actually close enough now that uh, you're getting spears as well, as you've now come within range of some thrown javelins that are picking off your soldiers. Out of the group that you had, you've lost probably about a third of the soldiers on the ground. So figure you had about 400 on the ground. So, you know, we'll say you've lost 150 of those. You're at about 250 left. Right. With these guys on the ground. Um, archers are taking good cover. They've lost a little bit less. You've got about 100 archers left. All right. About how far away would you say we are, give or take? Uh, as you're double-timing it now, you're coming up pretty close. I would say that you are about 100 feet away, and you're closing more or less quickly. All right. What's the cover like on our sides on this road? What are the buildings like? The buildings are... The same mix that I described before, all of the areas directly outside the gate are more or less as the city now has started to expand outside of the walls. So it's like a mix of mostly housing, a couple shops, you know, just it's kind of a continuation of the city. Okay. So if we had to take cover in them, it'd be decent cover wise. Yeah, you could you could probably find buildings that you could more or less get at least temporary cover in. Right. All right, so um, yeah, I want to keep double timing as and get as close as we can. And once we're within like thirty feet of the gate, I want to. Ross is going to tell them to dip toward the houses and take cover, so we kind of reduce our losses while he works his magic. Okay. Literally. So you uh, you are now closing in. We'll say that you are fifty feet in closing. All right, boys. On my signal, dip into the houses. Take cover so we reduce our losses. I'm going to try and break that gate down myself. Understood, sir. Don't worry. The Vanguard will cover you. Sweet. All right. So uh, as you, you've you now reached about uh, about 30 feet here. Okay. So we're going to dip into the sides. So you're going to yell at them to get cover? Move! Move! Okay. So the rest of the troops break off except for... Um, you have these three commanders, um, and then they each have a about ten guys that stick with them as their personal contingency. Right. And so these guys form up. Think of it as, like, a dome with a hole directly facing the gate. Okay, awesome. And they are, they're doing their best. There's not a ton of them, but they're doing their best to give you a shield here. So okay. you've got a quick opening. All right, so Ramash is going to attempt produce flame on the wall. Okay. That is 24. Okay. Which I assume is gonna hit. Yeah, and then go ahead and roll your d20 as well. That's a 16. Ooh. Alright. This flame comes out and it is uh, much bigger than you expected. Actually, double what you were expecting here. And it blasts into the wall um, and actually spreads a little bit and you get a nice spread uh, as the flames actually catch hold in a couple places and it starts burning uh, right in the center of the gate. Do you want me to roll damage or are you just going to assume it did its work? Uh, Yeah, go ahead and roll damage for me. Alright, since he's doing double. 
7 fire damage for 4 d8s. Okay. Well, it's actually going to be oh, 4... No, I apologize. That's not 7. That's 11. Okay. It's actually, oh, actually going to be 22 because this is a wooden gate and it has uh, been hit with this fire. So it is uh, starting to catch a little bit. Uh, one of the commanders that's in here yells to you, Great work, sir! I think with a nice push we could break through! Alright, let's go! He yells, Troops, form back up! And they uh, they come back out of the cover and assume maybe a modified stance from what they did before. And uh, with a charge, they, uh, they rush the gate here. And uh, with a loud crash, they hit it. And you actually hear it crack, but it doesn't quite give way. Alright, do it again, do it again! Back up, back up, back up! Quick, quick! Alright, so you back up about ten feet. You're losing some serious troops here as uh, the ranks have kind of been broken from smashing into this wall. I think you lose about 50 soldiers here. But again, you rush forward, and they hit the gate again, and you hear it splinter, and it actually starts to open a little bit, but it won't quite swing open. All right, one one more good one, guys. One more. Quick. So you, you back up again, and uh, you lose a few more troops, but you are... Uh, they keep themselves together a little bit better this time, and with a final push, they smash into the gate, and it swings open. Signal the archers. Get them in here. Yes, sir. And uh, he uh, he gives off a, a loud whistle and waves, and the archers start to form up. We are going to cut back to Joshimi, who uh, has been tunneling. Joshimi, how's this tunneling going for you? Well, it's dark and it's cramped, but I mean, that's what he grew up with before he left the dwarf colony or whatever. <laughs> yeah. To to pass the time he's Some been colony. quietly mumbling to himself. So he's, he's been quietly mumbling to himself, but himself. he's been he's been working hard because he knows he knows this is important and he's already gotten a couple glares and he doesn't want to fuck up too bad. So uh yeah, I think Josh Me uh is making good progress. He's been Warren Tall handed out soldiers their basis for the foundation of government. Josh me right now. <laughs> uh, also, I think he's been he's been at this for probably a solid ten minutes at this point. Yeah. I think he's starting to wonder exactly where Sage sent him at this point. So we're gonna jump back to uh, Brunhilda actually real quick here, who is uh, in a predicament. Arlana has now uh, walked. Uh, there's a few steps, and she's come down the couple of steps that were uh, leading up to the throne, and she is now uh, right in front of you. Your skin is just so weathered. It's strange. I mean, I I am a dwarf. Ah, yes, a dwarf. Wonderful, wonderful. And a surface dwarf. That mm, it's been so long. Um, you, you, you know, it's kinda, it's, and it's kinda, um, it's kinda wet inside this armor. I'm kinda sweaty. I, uh, I, I bet you that I wouldn't taste so good. And she darts forward quickly, puts one hand over your mouth, and tilts your head to the side, and, uh, just with a quick dip, comes in and bites down into the side of your neck, and just takes a long draw of the blood that pours out. Uh, and then she steps back, and you can see all this blood just dripping down her chin. Uh, you are going to take ten points of piercing damage. 
Um, six day. I'm at six life right now. Brunhilda starts to feel lightheaded and sway on her feet a little bit. And Arlana leans close to you and goes, sleep now. And, uh, kind of taps you on the forehead. And with that, you give in and you, uh, you pass out and fall to the ground. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Moradin, where are you, man? Oh, no. Oh, no. Joshimi, oh, you have reached the end of the line in this tunnel, and despite what Sage said, you do not know what to do. All you see is a large stone pillar in the center of a room that is not very big. You can barely stand up in this room. Uh, however, the pillar seems to continue on above the roof of the chamber you're in. You'll know what to do, she said. You'll know what to do, she said. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't fucking know. Wait a second. He's gonna take his little shovel thing and kind of, like, poke around towards, like, the ceiling of the room he's in, where near where the pillar is. Okay. Go ahead and do, uh, investigation for me. Uh, that's, uh, nat 20 plus 2, 22. All right. Uh, with your poking around, you find a rock that seems somewhat looser, not like part of the solid construction of the stone. Alright. He gonna try and wiggle that boy loose. Okay, yeah, it pops free pretty easily with your tool, and behind it you can see there's some kind of a, like a little hole. And this is above him, right? A little bit. The stone actually was just slightly... I mean, like I said, you can barely stand in this room, mm -hmm. so it's, like, just above your head level. It's, like, right where but the... It, like, I mean, it's above him, like, roof, not, like, it's, in the it, wall. It's in the column that's in the center of the room. Oh. So it's, like, right where the column meets the roof. Oh, so in that kind of corner. Oh, time like the present. And he wiggles his little dwarf body into the hole and starts climbing, crawling, whatever it is. Okay. If if it's big enough for me. To <laughs> it's say? yeah. It's not that big. This oh, hole. Okay. This hole is um like two inches across. Okay. All right. He's gonna check out this hole. He's uncovered. I guess. Are you like sticking your that. hand in there? <laughs> First, he's gonna like peer in the hole and look and see the best. Okay, he's can. jumping up and down. I guess. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, you roll a you roll a twenty two on your investigation. So I'll give you. You can see there's some kind of a. Uh, like a rope or something in there. Okay. He's gonna reach in and try and grab the rope with his little dwarf arm. Okay. You grab it and uh you feel it's got a little bit of give to it. So he's gonna he's gonna pull the rope. Okay. You pull the rope and nothing happens. And then suddenly somewhere up above you you hear a loud rumbling and crumbling of stone. And we're going to jump back to the room that Brunhilde is in, as suddenly one of the pillars in the throne room has crumbled, revealing that uh, up above where it was was some sort of a secret passageway, where quickly Sage and her entire strike team rappel down through the hole and surround the queen. And Sage steps forward and wordlessly gives a mocking little bow and then holds out a pair of shackles.